When I heard, first heard the word forest bathing, I thought of a bunch of naked people wandering through the trees. <laughs> but that's not what forest bathing is. And um, I was really excited because recently I got to speak with Brooke Mellon, the founder of Cultured Forest, all about forest bathing. And I learned a ton from our conversation, and I'm excited to share that with you today. Brooke is going to be presenting at our upcoming summit, May 8th through the 12th. It's a virtual conference for outdoor women, and it's going to be amazing. And so if you want to learn more about this conference, you can head on over to our website, hikelikewoman.com. But for now, I just want you to have a sneak peek of this amazing presentation that Brooke is going to be giving all about forest bathing. So here's my conversation with Brooke. I don't know that I've ever been forest bathing officially, but maybe I have and I just don't know it. Yeah. So what, what is forest bathing? Sure. Well, the term actually was coined in Japan in the 1980s. It was a, you know, you'll hear people call it the ancient practice of forest bathing, but it actually was developed in response to a public health crisis in Japan. People were facing high burnout rates, if that sounds familiar, due to density of city living. Um, Tokyo is twice as densely populated as New York City, which is where I was living when I founded the company. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, the, the government came up with this idea to kind of encourage people to go out, spend time in the forests. Japanese is, Japan is one of the third most densely forested um, countries in the world. And it has a huge variety of forest and trees. So I think also the hope was to get people to go out into the woods a bit more and appreciate what nature provides. So um, the term that they coined was Shin Rinyoku, which translates to bathing in the forest or taking in the forest atmosphere. So if you think of sunbathing, it's it's not necessarily going and dipping in water in the forest. It's more about taking in. And where that idea also comes from is in the early to mid-2000s, Japan started researching the health benefits related to being in the forest. And they found that as you are in the forest and in part breathing in something that is called a phytoncide, which is a volatile organic compound produced by trees to ward off insects and disease. <clears throat> if you think of, you know, a eucalyptus scent or a pine tree, something like that. In Japan, they looked at the Hanoki cypress in particular. These trees are producing compounds that as we breathe them in as humans, we see lowered heart rate, pulse, lower blood pressure, lower levels of cortisol, mm. and killer, increase in killer T cell activity, which is how we fight off disease. So um, a lot of it is about going out and getting, you know, just breathing in those good, those good uh, volatile organic compounds. Um, but there's a lot more research going on even now um, all around the world that looks at, you know, it's not just those organic compounds. It's also just seeing green. And for me personally, it's practicing my own kind of brand of mindfulness when I'm in nature. So 
I always say, you know, anytime you can do anything that helps you connect with nature, that's great. And hiking is great. When I first discovered forest bathing, I was super excited because I loved hiking. Uh, mm -hmm. Even though I lived in New York City, I found that the times that I was, the, my stress was at the lowest was if I was in nature in some some respect. So, um, so yeah, <laughs> but so going back to this hiking idea though, the more I started to read about forest therapy, it's not necessarily like getting from A to B, the, mm -hmm. that destination and having that beautiful lookout. It's more about slowing down in the process and really just being in nature. Um, so I kind of changed the way that I spend time in nature as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I could go on and on forever, but that's a little bit of the history of forest bathing. And you hear a lot of people in the States, mostly in the U.S., say you don't need a doctor to tell you that being in nature is a benefit. But I'll tell you, there are a lot of other countries pretty much everywhere except the U.S. And people in the U.S. are very excited, but there's so much research going on. And I often say, okay, but but do you do you take advantage of that? And do you also at the same time then try to conserve nature because of all of the health benefits it provides you? Um, and at the same time, when you have that kind of research and that the kind of data that people gather that helps um, justify conservation of, of forests and justify programming. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's a, a quick introduction to my thoughts on forest bathing. Yeah. I, I believe that we protect what we love. And um, one of my goals as a parent is to make sure that my children are exposed to things like mm -hmm. hiking, backpacking, camping, forest bathing, right? So yeah. that they grow up recognizing the importance of protecting and preserving these, these special places for future generations. And I am curious how you discovered forest bathing mm -hmm. and, and how that has changed your life. Boy, it changed you a lot. Um, so, um, and part of my process was that I was out, you know, I would, I was kind of at a point in my life, I was a bit older, I had worked a long time and um, had, you know, been able to finally save some money. And I, you know, when you have challenges in life, but sometimes you just keep, keep working. Mm -hmm. And I kind of came to this space where I was like, I'm going to do some self care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And it was, it was a, a, a huge thing for me, but to actually like decide that you deserve to do something. Um, but also even sometimes, you know, maybe a medical professional is like, you need to take some time and yeah. slow down. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of on this search of, you know, what helps me feel better in life and what's meaningful for me. And I was out hiking with a friend and, and, I had gone to a retreat. I didn't really like the retreat except for the the hiking portion when I was on my own wandering in the woods. And so yeah. I was thinking, yeah. well, that's when I feel better. And so I said to this friend while hiking, you know, someday it might be interesting to lead mindfulness walks. I mm -hmm. think I could do that. And yeah. I think it could help people. And um, 
I guess I'm the type of person who, when I say something, I, I kind of mean it and I sometimes do it, but also I think there's something to be said for those times when you're brainstorming in nature. So I always encourage people to go out, go on hikes, think about the things that you would like to do, talk about them. Yeah. Because it's almost like a sort of planting the seed, if you will. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so and then I said that and I kind of started saying it to other people and boy, I feel a lot better when I'm in nature. And then was um, wandering New York city as looking back, I'm like, boy, I had a wonderful life at that time, but I was wandering the lower East side and wandered into a bookstore and they had a book about forest bathing um, mm-hmm. by a Chinese doctor based in Japan. And <clears throat> the subtitle was how, something like how trees can benefit your health and happiness, which really resonated with kind of what I was looking for. And I read the book. I loved all the, honestly, the pictures of the forests and hearing about all of the different types of forests, Mm -hmm. the research that was happening. And I just loved that there were people who were prioritizing this. There was a country that was funding this type of research. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mostly just wanted to go and see the forests there. And so I ended up going to Japan. I did a training with this particular doctor through an organization called INFOM and got a certificate in forest medicine. Um, And and I ended up in that process just taking time away from, from work and to be able to go all in into this process. And this was all in 2019. So um, I got to visit forest, a lot of forests. And I really did feel better after being in forests. And I felt inspired. I felt creative. Before that, I was handling insurance claims and didn't have much opportunity to be very creative. So um, it was a wonderful time. And then around... December of 2019, I started to think, okay, it's time to go back to the work world. I took about six months. Yeah. And then I had an, in, an email from the Wall Street Journal in my inbox around that time saying we'd want to feature your feature you. And yeah, so that was this. And I mean, I have been doing I have been doing a lot of work to spread the word about mm-hmm. my yeah, business. Yes. And um, so I, that kind of came to this point where I was like, should I keep doing this? And, um, and everyone says, Oh, the universe, but then COVID hit. So COVID hit about two months after that. And then I couldn't meet with people in New York city I was in lockdown. And, um, and so then I created virtual programming. I created a training programming. Um, so that's a long answer to your question of how I discovered it, but it was a it was a very slow process of mostly just sitting down and kind of saying, well, what do I find soothing and what helps me? And then I'm going to do that. So that's one of my main goals is to help people set aside, even if it's just an hour to go and meet in some lovely, beautiful location and just start to 
listen to, you know, signals that you get of what is soothing, what, what's calming for you or what's not. And then simply try to bring more of that into your life and commit, commit to doing that. And that's the, the simplest explanation of kind of what it is that I, I try to do. What I love about what you said is you're in New York city. I live in Southeastern Wyoming. So it's yeah. <laughs> like my town has like 30,000 people when the university is in session. So I'm yeah. not used to densely urban populated areas. And when mm-hmm. I travel to a city, I'm like, Whoa, there's yeah. a lot of people everywhere. And so you talk about New York, you talk about Japan and what what really struck me is this notion that you can find um, green space, a wild space, an open space, a special place, no matter where you are. Can you talk a little bit about um, how to find those spaces where you can have that um, connection with the earth? Yeah. Well, you know, this is... I know this is programming kind of more intended for people who identify as women. And I think a lot of that can be, you know, I was, I've always been a bit of a solo adventurer. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of that is one finding a way that you can safely do that. So if it's joining a group or finding a community around that, Mm -hmm. And I guarantee that if you're looking for community, those kind of people are wonderful people. So I definitely guarantee or I recommend doing that, finding that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then. um, But finding those spaces, I mean, I as I started to recognize and do all of this research into the science behind you know, how nature helps us. Mm-hmm. And I was very much aware. I was also somewhat aware of kind of my lack of ability to find green spaces and not my ability to not so easily go for a hike. Um, mm-hmm. But I would literally, you know, as I'm walking to work and kind of one of the concepts of forest bathing is just feeling a sense of gratitude. So I would walk to work maybe even through Times Square and I would look for green. So it would be just a small planting or a tree or something. And I'd even kind of do this exercise where I would sort of touch any tree as I passed. Cause I used to be very much like my face, my face was on the ground looking at the sidewalk. You don't want to, you know, make eye contact with who knows who come your way and, yeah. Um, and so I really started to just be like, you know, somebody took the time to plant this tree, but also realizing how much work and how much oxygen those green spaces provide. And I would say you hear a lot about green inequity and people not having access to that. And that mm-hmm. that is an actual thing. Yeah. And at the same time, though, um, there are some amazing spaces even in Brooklyn, in Queens, in the Bronx, in New York, Staten Island. Um, so I think sometimes it's about people being educated about it. But then once you kind of start looking for it, that's when you start to, to find it. So, you know, that's for the in the urban environment. But if you're not in such an urban place, then it's 
sometimes about finding a community. It's about knowing some safety things to be aware of as you're mm-hmm. starting to kind of invent a, adventure and venture into green spaces, choosing places that are well populated, educating yourself about safety, things like that. So it just depends on where where you're located. Getting a dog that, <laughs> to go with you on these adventures. I've been able to do a lot more since I have a dog now. I can go to certain places that I may not have felt quite as safe before. Um, so those are some, some of my ideas on, on finding those spaces. I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned one of the concepts or foundations is um, having gratitude for, um, for, what, for what you're seeing and, and what you're feeling. I recently have started really enjoying walking through a cemetery that's mm-hmm. not too far from my house. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first I felt really, really silly walking through the cemetery every day. But um, one thing that I really love about it is the trees are gorgeous. Oh yeah. Um, and also I feel this strong sense of gratitude to be alive. And I, mm-hmm. I had cancer, so there's this whole thing, but, um, but walking through the cemetery, I just, I just, it's not a scary, creepy place. It's a beautiful oh, yeah. place of, <laughs> of like, these are beautiful souls that came before me. They had a story to tell. The earth is growing these big, beautiful trees and damn it, I'm alive and I can experience this kind of very, I'm not a spiritual person, but there's a, there's a spiritual feeling Mm -hmm. in the cemetery. And I imagine that I might be forest bathing. Oh yeah. Those feelings. I think so. I mean, that's, you know, people are always worried. Oh, am I doing it right? And I, uh-huh. and there are some people who who want you to believe that there is a certain way. And if you were to do this in Japan, officially, you mm-hmm. would go to a forest therapy center. A doctor would, or a nurse, might meet with you and take your blood pressure, your pulse, all of these things before and after. But even the Shinrin Yoku trails in Japan are open, and you to anyone at any time. So mm-hmm. that I would say is officially forest bathing. Yes. But then those trails though are set aside for people to come at any time they want. And a lot of them are paved. A lot of them are very cultivated. Mm-hmm. They have, um, you know, wood paneling that you walk over. So a space like that, that's a little more cultivated, curated. I think, you know, any, any experience that kind of gets you to, get that sense of awe. Yeah. Those awe feelings have also been researched and shown to help with the mood states, all kinds of things. So if you're looking just at purely at the kind of scientific side of it, mm-hmm. just seeing green, but also for me, I just want people to, to go to a place that makes them feel, I don't know, kind of like a, a reverential sort of feeling, mm-hmm. if, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time in cemeteries as well. Uh, there's the Woodlawn Cemetery, which is one of the biggest in the U.S. Um, and uh, it has these huge magnolia trees that bloom for about two or three weeks out of the year <laughs> in, uh, in the Bronx. Uh-huh. Um, 
So, but like you said too, even like thinking about that and going back to, well, you can have access to green spaces and it could be a little park. It can be Mm -hmm. a tiny little section. And if you do have that, then thinking about, well, how can you help contribute to that space or cultivate that space and actually kind of dig into that space and help it grow or, you know, a community and thinking again about city environments and having those little plots of green space Mm -hmm. or a community garden. I mean, anything that you can find where you're touching the earth, being a part of it, I think is meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brooke, we're coming to the end of our time, but I'm so intrigued by the concept of forest bathing and you're going to be talking about it at our upcoming summit. So in 60 seconds or less, tell us about your, your presentation. Sure. Well, I developed this presentation actually during the pandemic when people couldn't get outside. So I do a bit of example of what you might be thinking about and doing, but I lead kind of a guided meditation And then um, I talk a bit about the science, which kind of helps people to justify the spending the time of it because, oh, it's for my health. But also I try to get participants to set some goals around being in nature, um, also accessing a bit of creativity around nature. So it's a little bit part science and then a little bit part um, guided meditation. I wouldn't call it woo-woo necessarily, although some people might feel that way, but um, mostly it's about helping you figure out how to find ways to connect with nature, what is pleasing to you, and make that a priority in your life. And anyone can do it. I yes. Think. Like, I, my children could forest bathe. Yes. My husband's grandma could forest yes. bathe. Um, yeah. And if you can't get out, there are ways to bring nature in um, to kind I of get that. some of those benefits as well, you know, or in during the winter months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When the ground is covered in snow and ice. Yes. <laughs> Although that's my favorite time, but, you know, it does get dark pretty early. So, yeah, I love I love winter, too. Um, yeah. Brooke, it has been so fun talking with you. Where can people go to learn more about what you do and to learn more about forest bathing in general? Sure. My website is culturedforest.com, C-U-L-T-U-R-E-D, forest, F-O-R-E-S-T.com. There is an art component to it, which is why I called it Cultured Forest. My background is in the art business. Uh, so um, also my uh, Instagram is at cultured forest. Facebook is also at cultured forest. Um, so you can follow me there, join my email list, read up on forest bathing. I have quite a few blog posts, but also you can read different articles I've been featured in kind of uh, learn a bit more. Oh, Brooke, I'm so excited that you're going to talk at our summit and that you're going to participate. And um, I can't, I can't wait to learn more about forest bathing. And um, is there anything else that um, you want to add that I might not have asked? Just, um, you know, if for those people who are interested to learn more about becoming a forest therapy guide and what that would entail, Mm -hmm. I also culturedforest.com have some information about that 
I do a one-to-one coaching program. So it's a little bit different than some of the other trainings, but um, the hope is just to kind of get people thinking about how they could incorporate this into either a business or a personal practice. So um, that's, I have information about that as well. That's so cool. It's kind of like um, we all need to be, we all, we all should try it. Yeah. The more, the more that people can kind of engage in a practice like that, the healthier our, our communities are going to be. And um, I think we all can agree that we want, we want our friends and family to be healthy. And wouldn't you love it if a doctor was like writing a prescription and they're like, okay, one hour in the forest, here you go. (laughs) I would be like, bro, I already do that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And a lot of people say that too, but sometimes it's like, sorry, everybody, but doctor says, here's my, I gotta do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's funny. My, my kids went to the eye doctor and the eye doctor gave them ice cream prescription. So they have to take the prescription down to one of the ice cream shops and they get a free ice cream cone. So I'm I'm envisioning like a, here's your forest bathing prescription. Exactly. Maybe even if it's not a real prescription, it should just be handed out. It's that that intention of doing something that helps you feel better and (laughs) deserve feeling you deserve it and you know something like that so and giving yourself permission to take the time to do it because we're all so busy but it needs to be intentional yeah and then Uh, the thought that people would then fall in love with nature which I myself have done I loved it before and now I am even more so after seeing mm -hmm. so many beautiful forests so there's that added bonus of people suddenly realizing oh, I need to do something to conserve this. It's a matter of my health. It's a matter of public health. Yeah. So that's my that's my round two of cultured forest. Round one was self-care and next part is forest care. I think one of the things I liked the most about this conversation with Brooke was the fact that you don't have to be deep into the backcountry to have a forest bathing experience you can do it right in an urban setting. And if you want to learn more about how to buy a ticket for the summit, tickets go on sale on February 1st. So save the date so you can save some money and uh, go check it out. So all the details on our website, hikelikewoman.com.